Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I made it to the top and I'm never coming down They wanted me to flop but instead I run the town I'm rolling in a drop, I'm headed for the clouds Hit them haters yelling stop, I continue with the rounds I'm reaching for the yacht, stepping in battlegrounds I deserve to the knock, opportunity pound And you can listen or just watch Promise you I'm astounding, give them everything I got And watch the plan from underground Now wait, you really trying to tell me I ain't personality? No gimmick, no ghost, and no apologies. Or better yet, no smoke, just terminology. But see, I get it, uh, it's my biology. Prophecy over probably, quality over quantity. Harmony when I'm zoning, philosophizing. Logically, consciously, I'm dividing the lines. From the orderbies, audibly, I'm controlling the flow. It's all so ideally, and best believe that I'm predetermined to win. Hey, and I'm back at it again. In the final second, I elevate in my direction. Leave them to wonder why they ever second guess. Me, they never recognized a queen. They never saw that I was backed by a king. So my arrival is more than what it seems. And my survival is more than what I it means. I listen to them both wonder if I lose. Being watching is a watching like I have a choice to choose. And I was born to win, born to be amused. And when the dust settles, rose petals feather when they bloom. Now, riddle me who? Intelligence on the move. I know you sleep and believe in this, what I do. And I leave them with a few of them iller thoughts for you to sum. I'm the one who's drilling my inner killer with mirror none. We've been overdue and now I'm running over you. The lack of women in the game is something that I'm over to. Get over you if you refuse to see the news. Cause I'm over being divided and blindsided over truth. Being the young, understand I will ever do. 30 to life of being gifted, I supply the truth. Look in the light, I know you blinded by the cues. But I'm hoping that you're soaking in the cold. It's all lies on me and best believe that I'm predetermined to win. Hey, and I'm back at it again in the final second. I elevate in my direction. Leave them to wonder why they ever second guess. Me, they never recognize a queen. They never saw that I was backed by a king. So my arrival is more than what it seems. And my survival is more than what it means. I'm a movement. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond Talk with Faith McKinney. I'm so excited for you to be here with us tonight. It is a wonderful, we have a wonderful guest tonight, which she is not our guest, well, she is our guest, but she is also our producer, Ms. Jacqueline Taylor Adams, and she's going to, um, you know, tell us about what's going on with her and her life and, you know, what's going on in the community, blacks and tech community, um, what's going on in the marketing world. She's got so much knowledge and so much experience, and we are so blessed that she's going to share it with us. Um, thank you so much again for joining us. It's been a, about a month since we've been on the air, but I am so happy to be here today. Um Let's see, we had some great music earlier. Who was that music by? Who was that song by? Okay, oh my there was um, okay. Intelligence, spelled with a Z, and that was mm. her single, um, I'm a Movement. So That was amazing. Miss Jacqueline Taylor Adams, welcome, welcome. How are you? <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, welcome, and I'm good. I'm really good. Excited here because we have a new release. And um, I I work. Intelligence has a new release. Uh, You have a new release. Well, she does. Intelligence also has a new release that I just saw last week. Um, I think I I can't remember the name, but if you can find her at i n t e l l i g e n z. Intelligence that ends with a Z instead of a C E, just replaced it with the letter Z. And you oh, can find fantastic. her all over. She's with, um, yeah, she just been signed. She just got signed last year 
Now, this is your real Internet story. I've never met intelligence in person, but, you know, I work with independent artists. I ran up on her music, and I love conscious hip-hop. And then female conscious hip-hop artists are really, you know, rare to find and good to find. So I was just following her music. An opportunity came for a mixtape with Chrisette Michelle, and I just felt Chrisette Michelle was, they had a contest on his um, mixtape site. But in all the contestants, the female music, it was terrible. I'm sorry, it was just horrible. (laughs) And I'm like, no, there are too many goods. And I literally, I didn't even know her. I just asked her, can I please submit your song? I paid for it. I submitted it. I was just, you know, I worked with some of these guys from how I learned the mixtape community as part of a DJ collective that I was part of. And so I submitted it, and I just wanted to see, I mean, can really, this, can this poor out art really outbeat? And I knew it was about, you know, also getting people. And she was so good. She was thankful, and she put it out there, had people following her. Now, she didn't finish number one, but she got on a mixtape. Oh, wow. And um, then from there, you know, we, you know, kept a relationship. I promoted her work. And then she she was living in Vegas, and she wound up, um, MC Light had a contest for top female MC. And she went to L.A. for the competition, and she won it. So she won, like, a year management with MC Light. And MC Light took her around, had her opening up at different places. And just through that... um, you know, she had some things that not goes well. Like she was married, but then um, her marriage fell apart. She moved from Vegas to um, D.C. because she's also in the military, so she had moved to, to the D.C. area. And uh, where it seemed like she might have been at her lowest, she gets over here because it's just her now, and things totally turned around. She got signed by a great indie label called It's Hip. Hypnotic or or Hypnot I have to find the exact name of it But it's an indie label Real good And then um, With MC Light Between the label and MC Light She got hooked up with Slick Rick And Slick Rick loves her And Slick Rick She's been opening up for Slick Rick For the past year She even went to London She's She's touring with Slick Rick right now Opening up for him Wow look at that yeah. Look at that. All right, audience. Yes. I mean, if you have any questions, please call in. I got to get a call in number. Please call in. Jacqueline Taylor Adams, you are just a wealth of knowledge on so many topics, and I don't want to um I don't want to overlook anything about you. And I know, you know, you're in Philadelphia, and I'm you're in you're in Philadelphia, is that correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. And I'm in Indianapolis. So I've never met you in person, but we've always had this kind of phone thing going on in the radio show. And so I'm, you know, this is, you know, this is much for me as it is for the audience, you know, to get to know you, get to know what, you know, what drives you and, you know, how you began and, and just your depth of knowledge because obviously you're you're so well connected, you're so conscious, you're so um, committed to the black community um, in more ways than one, and I want to delve into that. So, you know, tell us a little bit about where you started. You know, you, I know you were, um, you know, in the, were you in the military, and you know, you've got so many things in your background. Just, just start at the beginning. Where did you start, and what drives you to to continue? Um, well, one of the um, areas. Well, one thing, I'm a Gemini. So if you want to know about my diversity, oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. I like many things. <laughs> That's just part of who I am. And um, um, if everyone, like, if y'all give me a moment, I need to get a cord because I needed to bring up, boy, my um, computer just is not going to work unless it's plugged in. The so-called battery thing is not really working. <laughs> But um, in a technology. Yes. So if you could do me a, um, a favor, Faith, for just one moment while I bring this up, because sure. I need to, because um, I'm gonna be giving away a booklet, but I need to, um, oh, wow. I wanted to share the link with you and everything. But 
everything went dark on me, we'd say, oh, go get your cord. <laughs> so, but if for the moment, before I share with me, I really like when you share just to let our audience know. And for anyone who wants to call in, our calling number is 646-716-7994. Again, their calling number is 646-716-7994. And Faith, just, you know, let everyone know, you know, a little bit about you, what you do, um, why and how they can connect with you, and if you have anything coming up. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yes, Jacqueline, (laughs) I'm, of course, Faith McKinney. I'm America's number one personal media and brand strategist, and I'm also author of Schmingling, The Art of Being Well-Connected Through Blatant Self-Promotion. And I am, gosh, here's a little bit about my story. started off um, as a janitor for many, many years, but I knew there was so much more. Um, one of the things that I, that I wanted to do was to prove that anybody could become known, anybody could become well-connected. And so um, I figured out the secret. I figured out how to get media mentions, how to get, um, endorsed by celebrities and and so now finally Jacqueline I can share uh, that with um, everyone I have a um, in fact I'm speaking at Linda Clemens a world renowned speaker Linda Clemens is having an event here in Indianapolis on June 9th and June 10th and it's already sold out but it is um, the debut of Uh, It's called Manifest Media Mentions, and so I show people how to get into the media, how to be mentioned by, um, you know, get into Wall Street Journal, get into Ebony, get into the uh, Washington Post, get on television um, shows. I show people how to do that and how to connect with influencers in their industry so that their credibility is, is through the roof, so that their um, connections and their endorsements and their authority is just phenomenal, such that they are the obvious choice. If you're in business, you know, now with the Internet and everybody has access to information at the, at, at the speed of light, you need to be the obvious choice. And so getting media mentions, getting endorsed, getting to be known is the way to go nowadays. So that's exactly what I do. Um, show people how to get media mentions, how to get known, and, uh, you know, how to take yourself from, you know, the janitor's closet to the corner office. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so um, that's what I'm doing. Um, Gosh, I mean, 2017, I don't know about you, Jacqueline, but 2017 seems to be just flying by. It's already almost halfway over. Can you believe it? Yes, I know. <laughs> I cannot the believe it. So, I mean, up soon, everybody. <laughs> yes, the Gemini's are going to have a birthday soon, and look out, <laughs> Gemini's. I'm a Juneteenth baby. I'm really easy, everyone. I'm a Juneteenth baby. <laughs> so you have to think of Juneteenth. <laughs> uh, All right, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Summer baby. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's Jacqueline, exciting. Are you Everything set? that you all in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Thank what you, you do, um, I think, excited. Faith, is, is very exciting and it's so needed. So I really want to um, speak to our entrepreneur because this is about Faith is interviewing me because I'm launching um podcast series that I've done before. I have a free workbook that everyone can get right now. And um, I'll be launching an ebook next month, and I'll be doing more publishing throughout the year. But I've decided that 2017, 2018, I'm really I'm going to focus on my projects. I call this is my year of um, fearless pursuit of purpose. So, um, you know, I have I'm a visionary. And I envision very large, but you know, for many times I just, you know, think things aren't possible. I don't have this or that, right? You know, it's always a reason. But um, um, no more reasons or excuses. You're not giving things, you know, for naught. So 
Absolutely. I don't care well, how me, big it is. Tell me a little about, mm-hmm. tell me about you know, your, your title, Fearless Pursuit of Purpose. You know, what, what exactly did that mean and what, how did you come up with that? Well, um, my theme for years has been purpose-driven, okay. Um, of all, when a book came out purpose-driven, I really thought, you know, felt that fit me. Um, if you will read my bio um, from LinkedIn to anywhere, you, you'll say that I'm driven by purpose. I am so driven. It's, it's just true. You know, I would love to say I'm the super intelligent person, and I am so smart, and my IQ is one over 130 and so because of that I'm so smart and I just devise all of these things but no I I mean I may have these high IQ and all of these things but just as intelligent as I can be I can be just as much as a forgetful stick you know so I you know how things come through me they obviously come through me it's not like I sit down and say, okay, I'm going to think of a way. Things just come to me. And I just believe that, you know, that's our life, our purpose. I, be- I believe personally that, you know, we are, our journey, our life journey is our way back to God. And God is not something that exists outside of ourselves. We're spiritual beings. And God doesn't actually exist outside of ourselves. That that's why the journey can sometimes be so long because we keep searching outside of ourselves. From infancy, we're taught to reach outside of ourselves. Babies start to reach for their parents. They, you know, they begin reaching outside of themselves when everything you need is already within you. So our journey is really back to self, back to God, which are, is already within us. And, you know, that journey is all of these lessons. But that's why, and I'm really... I don't know how many times I need to be knocked over the head with this, but it's what, me, you know, you call your intuition and all things come to me. Mm-hmm. But now, mind you, my favorite subjects have always been math and English. So English gives me my creative side, but then I'm very logical with math. So something may come to me, but then logic sets in, I think. And then, you know, it's not computing. So whatever that thought was, it's not quite computing. So let me do something different. And 99.9% of the time, I was whatever came to me, I, it was right the first time. So that, you know, that is kind of like my control logic part I had to learn to let go of. And just, you know, if it came to me, you know, that's our purpose. We're a conduit. It came to me, and nine times out of ten it's right, and you know, because we don't have all vision and we don't have everything and we're not perfect beings, I can't see everything. I can only see for a moment what I see through the eyes of my experience, which may not allow me to have the full vision I need at the moment to realize that what came to me was just right. But you find out with time and and as you just pursue to be your best you can be, you will start attracting what you need or even maybe not just attracting what you need. Maybe you'll just start being able to see what you need, which is already there, you know. So, you know, it depends on what the school of thought you're going with. But, you know, so I'm learning to follow and listen to my um, my intuition because it mm-hmm. may not make logical sense after it comes to me at the moment, but it then does wind up making logical sense down the line. So, um, tell me, tell me a little bit about the topic of your your ebook and you know everything that you're doing. Tell me how you you know the topic of your book, the title first. Okay, well, the ebook and the podcast series is something I started back in, I think two thousand twelve or two thousand eleven, maybe even two thousand ten. Um, it's called Christmas in July. To your 2017 Holiday Marketing Guide. Now, this is oh, the wow. second episode of it. And what I've been doing for years is working to, and a lot of times I'm always ahead of myself, <laughs> or sometimes ahead of what appears to be the the trending curve. But I've been for years doing series to teach small businesses that you need to prepare for the holiday season by July, you should have your holiday season strategy in order. 
And this is even right, you know, when digital started coming around. But even before then, it actually was, um, it went on in bigger business. So, like, my experience has put me in corporate a lot. Um, I've always been business. Um, I think I just was born with Dad at seven years old. I think I told the story. My mom came home, and I had a flea market set up on the porch. I was ready to sell everything. So, I, you know, that, I was kind of, like, born with that. And so when I was young, I really had nobody to feed the business in me. But it got fed through, um, when I was 13, we had joined a church. It's called Society for Helping Church. I'm still a member now. But it's a special ministry for the deaf and hearing. This was back in the 70s. And so in the 70s, you know, you could, didn't have faith-based movements like you have now. Everything had to be separate. It was either church or either state. There was no commingling. Right. So... You know, we got a lot of support when we started. Really, they formed social service agency as well as the church, both at a 501c3, but, again, they had to be separate. So through the social service agency, that's where we got a lot of our funding. And we got a lot of support from, you know, from Verizon, a lot of different people, because there wasn't a whole lot out here for um, under advocacy for being deaf and black. You know, it's one thing mm-hmm. being deaf, and that's already – but to be deaf and black was another hurdle. And my pastor, the founding pastor at that time, she um, is a trailblazer. Her name is Dr. Repsy Warren, and she's a trailblazer in black deaf advocacy as well as a trailblazer in women in ministry. She has broken a lot of ceilings um, in both areas. So, and our co-founder just passed away last week, Reverend um, Darcy Josie, and she was a a graduate of Wharton, and she taught business throughout various high schools um, in Philadelphia. And what she did was um, our purpose with the social service agency and the church, you know, through both of them we, you know, serve a holistic need. So not just the spiritual, but physical, mental, and all. And especially at this time in the 70s, the whole thing was to mainstream the deaf with the hearing because, you know, deaf people have to navigate a hearing world. So at that time it was like, you know, you had the school of the deaf. You know, there were things for deaf people, and then there was the hearing world. And it was kind of kept separate. And then a lot of parents would take their um, deaf children to church and all. Things to just take for granted. They didn't have, that's what really got my pastor started because she was a special education teacher. She taught the deaf. And that's um, that's why that was her proclivity. But that's where she started. And the church actually started with parents and students, her parents and students. And um, But she realized they didn't even have a sense of God. So, you know, oh, there's so wow. many things we just take for granted because of communication that they just didn't mm-hmm. get. Now, nowadays it's so different because these start signing out the wound almost. But in the 70s, mm-hmm. that wasn't the case, you know. So, And then we um, there was a school at that time. There was a predominantly black school, Martin School for the Deaf, that they closed down. But it was in a black neighborhood in North Philadelphia, so then, you know, you're already in an area that has a high liter- um, Ill- illiteracy rate. Then you're um, deaf and you're black. So there's a lot of things against you. So, but through everything we did in Reverend uh, Reverend Josie's teaching, she was immaculate and real technical perfectionist, and she also went to girls high. So anybody out there, we all went to Philadelphia High School for girls. My high school is like 175 wow. years old, and there's nowhere in the world that you can go that you can't run into somebody from girls high. So hail to our alma mater. But um, <laughs> she, um, <laughs> but she had, um, she taught this clerical skills program, and I even learned things in English I didn't know. And I was in advanced English composition in college. But um, she taught English so tight because we write the way we speak. And then my, um, at that time, Reverend Warren was also an advocate for, um, you know, signing in full English as opposed to what they mm-hmm. call AMSLAM, which is like a shortened version of things, like it's a sign for, for American Sign Language. You mean? 
Yeah, well, yeah, American Sign Language, yeah, but they call it M-Slam mm-hmm. instead of American Sign Language. It's those type of things where you kind of shorten things and the acronyms and oh, kind of like how we I do with the texting. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's the problem when you learn how to speak that way. So she was really, you know, teaching English, teaching the full English first because we write the way we speak. And what happened, they would go out for jobs, a lot of applications, and it would be real poor, and they wouldn't be able to get through. But we had the special um, clerical skills training program, and through that training program, they got their, um, everyone, whether you were deaf or not, everyone's skill levels um, as far as in English and writing all went up extremely high. Um, they then went out, um, they got jobs at the post office with the city, um, with the um, federal government. There are people still employed today. They, they came through their training program and were able to excel. But before, they thought these people were unhirable. So, wow. So that I have, is I have a, a question. big, yes. I have a question. Okay, so how did you take your advocacy for, um, black people who are uh, deaf and hard of hearing, and how did that transition to the black tech community? Well, um, the tech community, I actually was in the first computer program, computer, we had the first computers and first computer programming class in my high school, and I excelled in that. I should have probably taken it in college, but it really I didn't have no one to really guide me in that college process and choosing a college and what I should go in. So I kind of thought the college life was going to be like high school since we would have only had three computers. And if you can imagine a whole class of 30-some students trying to test programs on three computers and the only time you had to do it was homeroom and lunch, I thought that was going to be my college life if I took programming in school. <laughs> Oh, when I got wow. to college, I saw how big their lab was, and it was open way more hours. But I didn't have it. No one told me that. So I, you know, I had this natural affinity. And programming is basically taking a word problem, converting it to math. And I told you math was my favorite subject. So since middle school, I took extra classes in math. That's what I did with my extra credit courses. I took math and English. And so mm. I'm a geek. So, you know, so that was there, me. But, like I said, what the um, starting early, when I soon as joined the church, I just got into fundraising. And I so believed in the vision. It's something that's so ingrained in me that I still, um, you know, want to make sure that, you know, our deaf and, um, hard, uh, our deaf and hearing young people, that they're, um, that they know, um, you know, full English, that, you know, they know full sentences, they know fully how to speak and write and things like that. So my business sense, I, I guess, when, you know, you do fundraisers, you know, you're in clubs, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, we do these different programs. So I would always, and I was always an idea person, so I always have an idea, come up with something. I, they gave us our first jobs there through the social service agency as camp counselors, so we um since we had special needs they allowed um them to get the workers from the church because we were able to sign and then they also there were deaf people that had opportunities to get jobs so i actually grew up with deaf people and um i mean very smart intelligent people all went on to college and different things so it gave me a varied experience and um so that fundraising and coming up with different ideas and working in social service did give me, I didn't realize it was still kind of feeding my business sense because, our, you know, we had specific goals, you worked toward them, you did that. Um, I took in high school, I was in the um, I think junior achievement. It's some kind of entrepreneurial program for young people. So I was in that program mm-hmm. and then, even with um, what's now Verizon used to be Belltel, I took I can sell their systems and all. I took sales in high school. I took sales course in selling their telephone systems. So you know that part was all in me. Then I had the nonprofit part that I knew early on, and then you know in college, you know you're on your own. Whatever your little groups, I'm always getting in groups. I went into the service. 
my creative part out was always good at making up stuff, so I would I had the the cadences. Matter of fact, I made up the cadence in the t-shirts in high school. I made up our cadence and calls in, in the service. <laughs> um, but the service was a real good experience as far as discipline. Um, I even wanted to actually go. I only went there for reserve, but I actually wanted to go back full time. But um, my unit really didn't want to let me go. And then once I got back acclimated to civilian life, I just I met my husband. <laughs> so then I just you know did my reserve um, my tour. And when one of my tours up, I just you know um, I didn't go back in. But um, you know all of that just gave me a lot of different experience. I work retail. We've had a vending stand in Philadelphia. Like, if you ever been in New York on 125th Street, we got those kind of avenues, um, you know, throughout Philadelphia. So we had a vending stand on um, um, 52nd Street, which is a lot like um, 125th. And um, even though I was working, because um, there were more things I wanted to sell that just didn't sell on the street. You know, those people, they were very specific in what they wanted. And this, again, where you get lessons, you know, you learn on, um, it's about the customer. Now, there were things that I loved and I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to sell Afrocentric stuff. I started selling books, and these were things I really wanted to sell. I like, you know, when we go to New York, I like the silk suits. I really, the things we were selling, we didn't really buy or wear. But we found out that's what that market bore where we were mm-hmm. when we would attempt to introduce things outside of that realm for the most part they didn't go for it so um but what i learned i could sell it on my job because my husband was working his stand and because he had a more flexible schedule with his job and so on my nine to five i worked that um i would sell there and they just got used, you know, when it came gift times and all, everybody just looked at me, oh, Jackie, you got some books, I need some scarves, I need, you know, I just became that person. Even after I had left because my husband came terminally ill, I had to take care of him. But hey, everybody knew how to get in touch with me and, you know, what do you have? It was just that type of thing. So I um, had retail experience, so that just had always been me. And when my husband became terminally ill and he um, passed away, I had my grandson to contend with, and he was a bit of a, um, you know, he had some behavior issues going on. And it was really hard for me to go back full time because I kept getting called out. So I was doing some tent work right after my husband passed. So I never been fired, and I didn't want to be. So mm-hmm. um, I had a computer. They gave us, um, we were real techie down at my um, old job. And so I had a brand-new computer. This was right after the Million Man March. My husband had passed in August. The Million Man March was in October. And they formed Uh this club called the Johnny Sample Club, which was, you know, brought everybody back together after the Million Man March. It was the whole community. So it was a whole bunch of small business people. And that got me into, you know, doing things. So I just used my computer, my skills, I wrote sales letters for people, and that's when I that it wasn't until '96 that I learned I had a gift for marketing. Because I would tell, well, why don't you say it this way? Why don't you say it? This? I think you know it'd be better this way. You know, I think you need a logo, or why do this? And then I worked with an artist at that time. Mind y'all, this is 1976. Everybody wasn't digitized, <laughs> so <laughs> he would do the artwork. But I would do any typesetting things he needed, like lettering and things I would do to type in. He knew how to splice it together. He made the screens and all. So I would do all his typeset. And then we started working together. We started doing, I did, um, the Spirit of African Design is an event that I do where we will go in your home. Well, we will go in a special home. We would ask somebody that had a nice enough home or place that would allow us to come in. And since Ron does everything with his hands, he's an artist and he just totally lives by his hands, he can, we, instead of just doing tables, like you know how you go to expos and go to this booth, that booth, as as like tables, what we would Mm -hmm. do, um, we would take whatever you is and, and just place it in that home. And you will walk around, and everything would just be for sale. 
So instead of paintings being on a rack that's, you know, surrounded, that makes a booth, the paintings are on a wall. Um, Mm. Oh, and when you bring a bunch of creatives, these people were just really great. They took a a window, um, a a big bay window in a dining room, and they made it an alcove and made that window look like a, a bed area. So they made oh, it wow. alcove, so they, they, made, the it, they made it like a bed, they laid the sheets, and so you would now know what your bed and bed decor could look, look like. They took the um, first landing of the steps and turned it into like a bath area. And they put the rack wow. and all there and all the bathroom things and all because we had a, a black-owned um, decor store that was there as well. Um, I had an author I brought there. Her name's Denise Davis. The book is still available. It's called The Spirit of African Design. It's by Denise Davis, and it's D-E-N-Y-S, Denise Davis and Shaneala Godson. And it teaches about the four um, st- um, artistic styles of um, uh, of design that are based out of Africa. It takes four core design styles. They're based out of Africa and shows how they're shown, you know, how they're manifested throughout design throughout the world. And it's more, you know, like interior design based. And um, mm-hmm. so Desert was a coffee, it's a coffee table book, but, you know, it's a great, um, you know, idea and open door to design if you're into interior design. But the artists, they were there. They were doing book signings, so we had an area set up for them and, People just came. We had signs up. It was free to get in, and people came, shopped, and purchased. And so these are the different type of things that I did. Um, there's an art gallery in my neighborhood on the main line. I eventually went to work for them. I worked for another art gallery. I would I walked down 52nd Street, walked into the ran into the black owned printer that used to be down near, and in near met the person who ran the theater up the street and became then I became the marketing director for that theater and that got me into theater but you know a lot of this went on when um sometimes when we say we don't take care of one another but these were all black owned mm-hmm. businesses that helped me during the time right after my husband passed when I couldn't go back and do a regular 9 to 5 and so wow. You know, some, yeah, you know, so those kind of things, like, you know, some, I don't believe to today, except for the theater, because Al is just not right. But, um, you know, he's just not an upfront person. So I'm not the, you know, best person to have around because, I, you know, you dirty, you dirty. But other than that, everyone else I can still go to right now to today. What do you need, Jack? What can we do? They help out my nonprofits, you know, whatever, and however we can exchange business. And, um, and that's the spirit we need to keep and really, really get into, and we need to, you know, change those narratives about what blacks don't do. But, um, you know, that's just the realization, and we really need to get back to supporting our arts. But that's just to give you an idea of the diversity of my experience. So sometimes people think like, you know, so, but I just had a diversity of experience. But at the same thing, there's that consistent thing. I love the arts. I love helping. And, um, you know, that math makes me put systems in place. So, you know, that's um I, I've been hired, you know, I started with the census, but that's where I connected with some people, and the guy I work with at the census, that's temporary, it was three years temporary, but it still is temporary, but when he left, he worked in another place, um, it was something just like the same type of thing, we had various different departments, um, but all of these, because they were the administrative part, everyone came through there, and uh, um administrative assistant left she went into another position it opened up and he called me right over because he knew i knew how to pull things together i taught myself how to work the ibm because i started off well we started off on the mac in school but then um, when i went to work everybody was doing mainframes and then the ibms came out when it, there was only one in the census office back in 89 there was one um pc <laughs> Everything else wow. was mainframe. I would go over wow. there and teach myself. 
So I taught myself WordPerfect, Lotus, and all of that because on the mainframe systems. But I realized that in the programming taught me, I realized that the word processor was the word processor. They base, they all do the same. They can call WordPerfect, Word, um, Clar- Clarion, whatever the um, Mac has. But a word processor is going to do the same thing, you know, period. A spreadsheet is going to do the same thing. A database is going to do the same thing. You just have to figure out what are the codes and calls to make them. You know, how do you write? You might start a formula off in Excel with the equal sign, but in Lotus, um, you may it may be a different way to write that formula. But a formula is a formula, and you just have to figure out that you know how to speak to that um, program, and, and they give you directions. And now in the day, everything has tutorials. Then everything was in books. So um, I just always, you know, had the proclivity for tech. tech. And Jim Newson was just, we were all together online again. We started with Connecting Black is where I think we all met at. And I don't know how many people remember that, but back like 2004, 2005, 2006, Connecting Black was big. It was a big place online. And um that's where I connected with Lee Green and Jim Newson, who had both passed on. But Lee Green had the National Black Business Trade Association. So when you go to Master Griot Radio, which we are on here, and Master Griot Radio, um, we would uh, you'll see um, it's Master Griot slash NBBTA Radio, and that's for the National Black Business Trade Association. And I um, was a member of. I joined that through there, and that's where I connected with Jim Newson, who is known as the digital drummer. So back then, Jim tell you how to make a game. How he just he had a blog going on like YouTube. Just always had this tech stuff. So anything tech, I started going to Jim on, and then he would so openly give you advice, information. He was also in entertainment. So I had my Master Grill project, and that's where I work in the theater, and that's where I work with entertainment. And so that's another place where we work together. And I started something called the BBS Value Tour because a lot of people knew that I was doing a spoken word, so artists kept coming to me. I really didn't know much about the industry. (laughs) But I figured, hey, let's help each other out. And the tour was really structured around for us to go to each other's city and tour each other's city to expand, um, you know, the audiences and the brand. And we did a few things. So when you hear, like, Ebis Travel, who sponsored our 96 Hours, Edwina was um, a big part of that. You know, she was part of We were all in black business space. She was part of the tour. Um, she helped us bring... Bruce George out to L.A. He's co-founder of Poetry Jam. She came out to New York um, where we did performances and supported another um, business that was launching at the National Black Theater. Um, so we did a few promotional things we actually did as a tour, and um, we got to go from online to offline and meet one another. And those relationships are still going on today. And Jim was also part of that. So he then started this urban tech fair, and I really, I could tell he needed some support. I said I would help him, and then by being there, I said, oh, he needs some administrative. He needs some me. We need some systems in place. I can't digest information well. I have to structure it. I don't digest large amounts of information. I have to break it down. And I guess that's where I get to making things very systematic. So I can understand what you want, what you're attempting to do, and now when I once I know what the outcome and the goals are, now I can help devise a way to get there. And my creativity allows me to really help us all leverage our resources to get there. And um, and understanding working, having worked corporate, worked the government, and I did purchasing for years. So I know what things cost, what people spend, I, you know. Even with, I've been nonprofits that have million-dollar-plus budgets. That's really not high, but um, sometimes people think nonprofit equals poor, and that's not really the case. Um, but um, 
So I know, but I, and I, as a marketing person, I subscribe to all the marketing rags and things. I was realizing that while all this information is good, this applied on a corporate level. This was great if I was working at Colonial Penn and all of these other corporate places, but this didn't apply to the everyday small business person. And even reading Forbes and all came up with an article, the um, Small Business Association defines the um, they can make as much as um, have as many as five hundred employees, and they can technically call them a small business. Really, mm-hmm. so the definition of a small business really doesn't work. When actually, the average small business in America has nine or less employees, and not too many wow. of them are doing over a million dollar in revenue. But when you got to compete with somebody with 50 to 500 employees, they got a budget that can cover that for small business resources. So now they are working at changing that definition and all because it's not fair, you know. But um, but the reality of actually what a small business is and the entrepreneurs and all, what we actually handle and what was being marketed to us were two different things. And so I was mm-hmm. like, Okay, you know, and I knew people that designed websites and all of these things, and they want $3,000, and this is back in the 90s. They want $3,000 to design a website. I knew that all the small business people I was working with, even ones if they had a distributor, they didn't have $3,000 for a website. And then you had to pay a monthly fee for these people to upkeep it. And then I've seen people years later no longer doing websites, and now these people are stranded with their website. So I have became this advocate for the small business person. Like there's somewhere in between and ways we can negotiate. So that's my big thing in, you know, helping small businesses, entrepreneurs, nonprofits have a big, big business impact by leveraging technology in your existing resources. So, wow. um, yeah, that's my theme. That's my um, that's been my overall theme, and um, so, I'm going through a rebranding. Go ahead. No, so you you're you have all of this um, experience in so many ways. I mean, you truly are a Gemini. But I wanted to know more about your podcast. I know that you, you said you have a new podcast um, that you're relaunching the podcast and. You know, yes. Where can we find it? When when is it air? You know, how can we um, plug into that? Okay, now um, the it's called again Christmas in July, 2017 mm-hmm. Holiday Marketing Guide. So you can Google that. Um, go to Master Griot Radio. There's a Christmas in July page. I will post every podcast. This will be part of them. And I thank you for actually talking about me and giving that background. So probably never really actually done that, so people can hear a little bit about me and see why, um, you know, I have value to speak on what I speak on. Um, and basically what it is, I'm just going to tell you, I've developed what I call a, a five-step process for developing your holiday um, campaigns developing your for success for the holiday season. And um that um okay, okay, okay. Alrighty. Just excuse me guys, I am up here because 'cause I'm trying to get this link for the workbook that Oh no, out. that's okay. That's okay. I think that okay. you know you're you're sharing with me a lot of uh, a lot of value because you know, Yeah, yeah, I did I didn't mean to I didn't mean yeah, the slowing down. I just didn't mean to do that. I just was in the middle of um uploading. That's the only thing. I do a little bit of everything. So not only did I, I write the book, I you know I I format the book. Um, and this is just now. This is just a free guide. I'm definitely going to suggest you get the ebook when that comes out. But this is a companion piece for the podcast. So um, okay. as you listening, because it's a lot of different. One is a lot of information, and um, and even um, some of my clients and friends really helped me out because the woman, look, I just want a class. So actually people ask me to do class. So I am going to do a coaching session. I'm going to start in July 
Let me look at the calendar because um, we're going to be, you're going to be um, at FraserNet in July, correct? I am. I'll be there um, July 5th through the 8th. Okay. So what we're going to do, we're going to take July off on Beyond Talk to give Faith a break because she's going to be going away and this way um, to get it all together. So when she comes back in August, she'll have everything to tell us. (laughs) And then (laughs) in that time, (laughs) (laughs) yes, we'll wait and learn. And, um, so what I'm going to do in July is go through, we'll be doing a, a four-part series. So the first one has already launched. This is the second show. And then we're going to come back in July for, um, we'll have three to four sessions. There will be four sessions. There will probably be three. I'm going to be, one will just be done on event marketing Um because you know, we've done the outline, I'm going to talk about it again today, but one will be done on event marketing, one will be done on advertising, all the different avenues of advertising and creative collaborations. And then I always do a specialty on um, art and entertainment because part of my, with this is my company's tail out of marketing and management. Management is where we work to... Um, connect small businesses with independent artists. Um, Our independent artists are phenomenally talented, but more than that in a business sense, um, we help um, do the marketing while we partner you with an artist that can act as a brand ambassador and help drive your brand advocacy. And these artists all have a long-term, very loyal regional following. Again, these are existing resources that we actually have around us that we don't realize we can just take advantage of. So to strategically partner as a small business with an artist, um, and everybody doesn't have to be your big Tom Beyonce and all, and even if they were, you you know, that's some big money. So you don't have that kind of money as a business, but you do have local, very talented people who have loyal audiences. And what these artists always need is support in getting their projects done. So getting, you know, their EPs, their albums, and their videos done. This is where they need the biggest support. So why not work together? Now, this I've been doing for several years, but now you want to see the manifestation of what I've been working on a small business level. We just saw on The Voice, Toyota-sponsored, the independent videos for the new music for the four finalists. So the four finalists, they all created new songs. They didn't do cover songs, and they made a video of them. And Toyota sponsored that. Now, to do the voice, you know, that's, you know, to sponsor the voice, you're talking about almost a seven, that's seven figures that Toyota is playing because Toyota is mm-hmm. all over that. You know, so that's a seven, they paying seven figures um, for that. Small business, we don't have that. We don't even have the six figures, and you mostly you don't even have the five figures. Absolutely. But you can come up with a small four figure. You can come up maybe 2500 to 5000 And I can tell you how you can take um, a budget as small as that. Excuse me. But I can tell you how you can take a budget as small as that and take such a budget and use that to um, actually leverage that and make it go a very long way in a relationship with an artist. And um, I really suggest people don't go out and try to do it yourself because, um, like I said, I'm going through a rebranding, and my slogans for years has been simply building branding and business. And I do. That's simply what I do. I'm I'm going to build your brand and build your business. But in my rebranding, through my fearless pursuit, I want to speak more on the level of where I am right now, and that is assets. That's what I have, assets, audience, and activation. And those are three Mm. necessary elements of sponsorship. And sponsorship, that's a whole nother game. And 90% of people, whether 
big-time corporate or small-time corporate, 90% of marketing professionals do not, and businesses do not know how to really do sponsorship on both sides. Oh, of my the God. <laughs> That's huge. And so, that is absolutely huge. Yeah, so if you see a packet, and if you're sending out a packet with levels, I'm telling you right now, and you're saying you get boo-boo this for this level, boo-boo that for that level, you are so far behind. And the the sponsor and the brand that knows where sponsorship is and what they can get and and what they need, they're never going to go for it because they know you don't know where the industry is. And oh, that's, wow. some, that's a lot of ways how we tell on ourselves. And, you know, and sometimes we don't want to pay for things. Like you'll see on the back of this workbook that I'm giving away, it's a note. Free and DIY is not always best or cheaper. You got to be realistic in business. You got so much you have to get done. You need to outsource. So you want to figure out where is the best, where I'm going to get my best um, return from outsourcing. But what you always need to first have is a plan. You need to know what your game plan is, what you what you need and what you want to happen and how it sh- should happen. When you have that in order, now you have control and you can outsource and monitor and give people um, direction that can actually come go somewhere. So you, you know, the first, the quote, Soon as you, the first quote is plan your work and work your plan, so you you have to just humble yourself and get down and do the work of writing out plans and getting your plan done. Once you have your plan done, that's the guideline for everybody. And there are some where you excel that wherever you excel, then that's where you excel and you do that. But if that's not where you excel, then that's where you outsource. Why waste time and energy and take up all of that time and energy and maybe not do things well where even if you have to pay a higher premium, if those people get you the return that you want, it's going to pay off, especially when you're looking at the holiday season. And it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or not, whether you celebrate, you know, take all that personal element out of it. And it's not about all of that, whether, you know, that's not what it's about. Point is, no matter your personal belief, people spend money during the holiday season, even those that don't celebrate Christmas. There are family get-togethers. There are events. There's just so much more going on during this holiday season. And during the holiday season, it's not just Christmas. There, during that season, yeah, there you got Thanksgiving. You, there's just... Um, then after you have um, New Year's, then you soon after you're following with um, Valentine's Day. But once you really learn yeah. how the system and how to maximize the holiday, uh, Christmas season, which will generally put people in the black, then you'll, you know, that will give you a foundation for leveraging holidays and seasonal times of the year and seasons of spending. Well, and everybody, so, everybody needs to pick up your book. Christmas in yes. July, the the 2017 uh, uh, shopping guide, is that correct? Holiday marketing. Holiday it's marketing. your holiday marketing right. guide. And they your holiday marketing guide, so they can pick it up, they can Google it and find it, and they can find the podcast. We are out of time. Can you believe it? We yes. are out of so time, what but they I have want to, to thank they... our, Yes. Go Let me ahead. just tell go you ahead. where Let you can pick it up. Know. Okay. You can pick it up. Just go to mastergriotradio.com. Um, by tomorrow morning, it will also be on beyondtalk.beedcconference.org. So wherever you find Beyond Talk, when you find this show about holiday marketing, you'll be able to find it. Um, you'll be able to find the guide. It'll be you'll be able to download it there and at Master Grio Radio and if you click on shows you'll see Christmas in July and um there you'll be able to find it as well as on the B E E D C um on Face Taylor Adams Marketing on Facebook. It'll be everywhere because um the holiday marketing guide and podcast 
is being launched this year in partnership with the BEEDC, and it is the kickoff to our Shop 96 Hours. Fantastic. Well, Jacqueline Taylor Adams, thank you so much for being both our guests and our producer, and to our audience, thank you for joining us. We don't take it for granted. Thank you for joining us this evening. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Have a fantastic Memorial Day holiday weekend. And for Beyond Talk with Faith McKinney and Jacqueline Taylor Adams, have a wonderful evening. Good night. Good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.